I think one of my f- favoriteest, and I know that's not a word, but one of my most enjoyable things is people sharing, like, hey, for me, this ranks right up there with X, Y, or Z. And immediately, you know, the question becomes, where does this rank for you? What, what, I don't know if there's been one. You know, 2021 was pretty incredible because we all thought, we got our dude. We got our dude. We got Caleb Williams. This is look out. Look out. And, and, and the way the in which it finished, right? Uniqueness of it to right. get down big in that I game. Say 20, and... Was it 21? Did I say 21 right? Yeah, you, okay. yeah, you got it right. 22 is very forgettable, but 21, yeah. No, I mean, that's a special one. That's Even with the way everything played out, that's a historic OU Texas game. And the way it ended with the run, I mean, it was it was an awesome game. 2020 was the crazy 3-4 overtime game. Four overtimes. Drake Stoops? But here's, here's why yesterday, Saturday, resonated so strongly with so many Sooner fans. Um... I think as much as we all concede that there's still work to do, job ain't finished yet, all those things, it's a pretty damn good app. I'm sorry, language. It's a really good affirmation about the direction that Oklahoma is at right now and where it's headed. You are 365 days removed from arguably one of the most embarrassing moments in this rivalry's history. And one year later, when one team comes in with, you know, arguably at that moment the the best non-conference win in college football and the pundits are saying the same things they've always said, is Texas back, is this the year? And you go out there and you beat them? And you beat them doing things like stopping them on fourth and goal? On the one, four four straight plays. Four straight plays. You do things whenever you gave up a special teams touchdown and a couple of big plays on special teams. And you did so on a kind of legacy, I don't want to say cementing, right, because there's still a ways to go in the season, but a legacy building drive for Dylan Gabriel in the final minute. Come on. By the way, I think Nick Anderson, if he wouldn't have had the P.I., I think there was a chance he was going to catch that ball down the sideline, too. But, old dude, oh, boy, I, I don't remember which corner it was for Texas. Realized, ah, I'm in trouble here. I need to push him out of bounds and grab onto him. Someone off the Kinnipelmeyer Chevrolet text line asked, any injury updates? Well, I, I think that is that is one area – where you come away and you just you hold your breath. Andrell Anthony's, from my perspective, it did not look good. Yeah, it didn't appear to. And I've I've been around long enough to know those moments where this one is a little bit concerning, and this one looked pretty concerning. Even just from the body language immediately afterwards. There's a couple of things that typically happen whenever it's a little bit more concerning and a few of those things happen mm. and I was but he was able to be down there celebrating with his team. Good. Good. The good news is 
in guy, and I think Jane Gibson and Nick Anderson will, will be able to slide in there. And I know we're all excited about that because they're younger guys, but, man, Andrew Anthony was really – he was in the midst of a fantastic season. Sure. So we'll, keep our, season we'll keep our fingers crossed that maybe initially it wasn't – it was concerning, but maybe as time progressed and they, t- and they get the MRI done, if it was done yesterday or today, it's better. Um, I, I think Gentry Williams is fine. Someone had said stomach issues, dehydration. That's what it looked like to me. Right, but I, I don't it, – it's kind of hard to speculate on those things. So I don't know if they took him back and got him an IV and he was fine or what happened. But they took him back to the locker room. There's only like four minutes to go in the game. So that, And then, of course, McCain, uh, Matoyer, who went back with uh, – they carted him off the field on, mm. the, on the Gator. But he was back out, and the initial x-rays were negative. That doesn't mean he's fine and good to go. There could be – some ligament issues there, but those who am I leaving out? Those were the three that I think were really concerning. I ended up spending a majority of that fourth quarter down by the injury tent, to be honest with you. I mean, literally, I spent that whole fourth quarter standing there waiting on Mar- Marcus Major was in there for a while. Then, it, or actually, Dejon Terry was in there for a while, and then Marcus Major was in there. Then they took Gentry Williams in there. Then they took Andrew Anthony. I think Anthony might have been before. So, literally, I spent a majority of that fourth quarter just kind of standing by the injury tent. But, yeah, I think, I think Anthony's the one that I come away with that I'm really concerned about. Which is just which so is disappointing. Um, but I, I brought up this point earlier, and because we're all about hitting our cues, Josh Helmer. Something – Struck you. Struck me, right? And I think for for the old school, old school fans, I can understand how it might bother you a little bit. I think for old heads like myself, it's like, okay, you won the game, you celebrate, here's your gold hat. I don't need all the pictures. I don't need just smoking cigars in the locker room. What are we even doing now? Blah, blah, blah. Right? All these things that old heads like myself and, and maybe that generation of boomers a little older than me probably feel that way. And I'm, and I'm not trying to tell you how to feel. I'm just assuming that somewhere someone has that in their mind. But – I've noticed something over the last couple of years with softball. And, Coach, if you feel like this is incorrect, you can be more than happy to to call me out. Celebrate your wins. Celebrate your wins, man. You work too freaking hard. You put too much into this as a student athlete, as a professional athlete, heck, as a high school athlete. To not have that moment where you are all about what you just accomplished. And I use softball as my example because I remember for the first, what are we at now for OU softball, Josh? Like 15 straight Big 12 championships. I noticed for the first handful of years when they would win the championship, there'd be the trophy, they'd bring out the trophy, a couple of hugs, and that was it. And then. Then last year, the year before, two years ago now, Jossie's last year, man, they celebrated that conference championship, right? They had a, a dance that they did. The fireworks were going off. There was water. I mean, it was a party. 
when they won their Super Regionals and, and had their trip to the World Series, it was a party. Celebrate your wins. Celebrate your success. And they did it again this year, and I remember asking Coach about it. She's like, they worked hard. They deserve it. And I think Brent Venable, something always stands out to me when he talked about, like, OU Nebraska, when they played and, and last year and people were asking about 2000. It's like, what do you remember from 2000? He goes, I remember that I, you know, wanted to get home and get something to eat and, and get back and grind because we had, you know, I think what Kansas State was at next week, we had another game. He goes, I wish looking back I would have enjoyed it more, but, you know, I was all in that next game mindset. And if you're somebody, um, again, you don't, you don't have to show your hand with every head bowed and every eye closed. You don't have to hold your hand up. But just there is that, that faction of people because sometimes I, I would find myself feeling that way that – uh, who was it that was next after Nebraska? Oh, it was Baylor. Yeah, yeah, it was Baylor after him. They'd already beaten Kansas State and Texas. Thank you. In red October. But you, you got you to celebrate your dubs. You've got to. And it made, me, it made me really happy to see those guys enjoying that moment. Uh, the Ethan Downs interview that I had on the field was one of my favorite because – I was watching Ethan a lot. And I you know, I've I've written about Ethan and I I really haven't got to know him too terribly well. And that's been one of my that's a great miss on my part. Just, you know, he's not a guy that we get to talk to every single game. I've always said I think he's a future captain of this team. And he had a great game, two sacks. But I was just watching him and he was just kind of walking around taking it all in. And when I talked to him, it wasn't even it wasn't even like a pause when I was like, How how great did this feel? He goes, Great, but we're not done. We're not done. I mean, it was like immediate. Back to business. And I was like, let's go. So everyone's personality is different. But I, I've i taken that turn, too, to where I'm like, dang, man, it seems like they're really celebrating this conference title a lot or celebrating this win. No, you have to. And you know what? It's also, for me, on the softball beat, it's why whenever I see a team – that one team that beat Oklahoma last year or the three times that they lost goodbye the year before, you see them celebrate like it's game seven of the World Series or they just won the Super Bowl, and it makes a lot of sense. You're like, yeah, that's a big deal. Well, in this particular instance, in the land of wax, wax beers, Oklahoma <laughs> got waxed a season ago, Okay. And then they turned around one year later. It's a litmus test. It's a where is the program at? It's a gut check feel for the program. They went and go win arguably one of the most dramatic OU Texas games of all time with a game winning drive. So if you want to treat it like game seven of the World Series for a moment with, oh, by That's the way, fine. a bye week right here, right now, have at it, baby. And I, I think, I think Brent Venable's. And I, I heard somebody say this the other day, and we've talked about it a lot. And I, and I know everyone in this medium is about trying to get credit for what they said. So I'm not trying to steal anyone's valor. But you just you, – you, you get the sense that he is a guy that in year two took a long look at things that he needed to do different as a head coach, right? And if that was sitting down with Schmitty, all right, Jerry, 
I would never call him Jerry. All right, Coach Schmidt. <laughs> Schmitty, what, what, what do we need to do here? What do you think? What if we started doing this? Or what do you, th- do you think we should try this? Just whenever it makes sure your players are as fresh and as strong as they can be. Okay, guys, you know, do, do we need to invest here with our preferred walk-ons or whatever it might be? And then in sitting down with guys like Seth Luttrell, with guys like Matt Wells, and heck, even Ted Roof, who have all been head coaches before, and sitting down with that analytics arm and saying, hey, man, when we're in – when we're in third and four on these situations at the 14-yard line or at the 30-yard line, at the 40-yard line, when the clock says this, how do we want to manage timeouts? Because all these things that a lot of people were losing their minds about and concerned about last season, all those things, gosh, time management. How many times on this show did we hear about clock management and time management? I don't remember too many people complaining about it this year. Well, right, and in this game, one of the big reasons you win the game is the way you handled things right before the end of the first half. Yep. I mean, that that was uh, to a T. Left some points on the board there. A little bit better throw. Tommy mm-hmm. Walker helped your quarterback out a little bit too. But uh, bottom line is you got that three because of the way you managed uh, the timeouts and, and managed the clock, which, yeah, I don't. I mean, that's not a given that it right. plays out that way a year ago. Absolutely. And, and part of that, I mean, that's – that's the entire picture, though, too, Plank. Like, we can sit there and say, hey, better understanding of how to manage the clock and this and that, but that's also trust that, hey, I've got a defense that I don't, I don't want to race to get to halftime, right? I trust those guys to go out there, and if it doesn't work out with this offense, that all of a sudden I didn't turn around and leave too much time for Texas right, to exactly. go get more points. Exactly, because and, – and Teddy – again, I keep going back to Teddy on the broadcast. He goes, all right, now you got to start thinking, when am I going to use my timeouts? When should I start using my timeouts? This is good from Mrs. Sooner Andy in Edmond. Celebrate hard but short was the quote from BV. The most exciting thing about this team for me is this. They have gotten better every game in all facets of the game with one exception, kicker and punter. A trajectory more promising than any other team in college football right now. Could you imagine... Could you have imagined on Monday, October 8th, 2022, sitting here telling everyone, guys, listen, it's going to be okay. A year from now, they're going to be 6-0, and and they're going to beat Texas in a thriller, and OU's going to be on the cusp of being a top-five team. It's going to be okay. Okay, Homer. Right. Can we go back and look at texts? Does anyone does anyone keep their old texts? You know, every single time something happens when there's a fight on Twitter, there's always someone that's kept receipts, a, an old tweet or something. <laughs> well, yeah, you said this three years ago. It's like, yeah, okay, you gonna are you gonna get all my rights that I had between now and then too? But I just, it, it's it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, here's here's what we have the rest of the way because I get to hang the whole show today. There is no coach's corner. I'm. I'm going to go all in on the text line next. 405-651-3439. There's been so many good texts to the show that I need to give you guys your shine. And, in fact, I'm still, still trying to catch up. That's how awesome today has been. 405-651-3439. We'll recap an OU Texas as only the ref can right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Home of Sooner Fans. It's the ref. Uh, did you make a prediction in this? 
Josh's prediction got waxed two days ago. What was it that you predicted? I don't remember. Why, why are we getting a handful of texts on this today? What happened? Was there a, a – someone says, Josh's prediction got waxed two days ago. Did you, did you, I don't remember you predicting anything too terribly insane about No, I, I predicted Texas 30-27. to 27. Oh. oh. <laughs> Might I say that uh, Oklahoma drove and got a game-winning touchdown drive, and if they get stalled out at the 50, my prediction would have been right on the money. <laughs> I'm happy to be wrong, but living in this, I, I, you know, this world That's that like, I made a horrible prediction is totally inaccurate. But, hey, look – I'm, I've told you this before. I, I've said it with a, a number of different examples. I'm a believer when I see it guy when it comes to sports. I got to see it. Same thing we were talking about with Brett McMurphy. True. I wanted to see OU go beat Texas, beat this team in that game, and, and show me that you're there. And now you're there, and we could start talking big picture. It, it, you know, I, I wrote down over here, it was a right-on schedule ahead of schedule win. For Brent Venables in Oklahoma. And what do I mean by that? It's right on schedule because it's Oklahoma and the expectations never change, Plank. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of maybe still a little bit ahead of schedule for OU. I think Brent Venables in Oklahoma, this program's only going to get better and more talented going forward. So in a way, in that sense, it's maybe even a little bit ahead of schedule. And that's what's so encouraging about this for Brent Venables for Oklahoma is, again, I think they're only going to get better going forward this season and into the future. And I think part of the reason why they're only going to get better is you're going to see guys now like uh, Addie Bauer away that are going to get more opportunities, right? Because they're more comfortable. Guys like Peyton Bowen, guys like Makari Vickers and Josiah Wagner might get pushed into duty with – and, and again, I think Gentry Williams has been a rock star, and I hope he stays healthy. But I don't know if we've had a game this year that he hasn't come off the field with something. You know, it's it just there's a knack, there's this, and that's not a knock. Please don't take it that way because I think the kid's a rock star. But, you know, it's just it, the running back position I think will continue to get better as Javante Barnes gets healthier. Uh, I think Gavin saw I think be, between Barnes and Sawchuk there was one carry on Saturday. So, I just and, – and Caden Green. Caden Green. Oh. Again, I think Parker and I talked about this on Thursday, Josh. I'm fortunate that I get to sit next to a two-time captain, all Big 12 offensive lineman for the Sooners every game. So, anytime I have a question, I can turn to Gabe and say, was that as awesome as it looked? Was Walter Rouse blocking two guys as awesome as it looked? And it's either, oh, yeah, or it's – yeah, that was really cool, but this guy ran the wrong way. <laughs> right. And it probably is some of that, right? You know? So it's all it's all going to continue to get better. Uh, I, now, I'm not telling any of y'all his Twitter handle, but my Raider insider, I hadn't got on Twitter yet today, texted me because I'd asked a question about the Associated Press ballot and the person who decided to continue to keep Texas ahead of Oklahoma and in doing so gave the – absolute worst explanation I've ever heard with factual inaccuracies. <laughs> sorry, Emily. Sorry, Emily, but not sorry. Do your you, fr- do your freaking job. It's an honor to vote for the AP poll. You let everybody down. But he said, I used to work at Gannett. Gannett? Set, uh, is it Gannett? I'm sorry. Is it really? Gannett, So I've been yeah. saying it wrong my whole life? Yeah. I think I even worked for him for a while as a freelancer. The second floor, when I was there, had two AP voters at the time. 
they didn't even fill theirs out. Their secretary did for them. That still holds true for a ton of these AP voters. They don't actually do it. Sunday night is their deadline, usually before even the West Coast games are over with. Yeah, and that stinks. I mean, what's even the point? Can we not push it back two days then? I mean, just just get it done and get it done right. Take some pride in it or don't do it at all. Yeah, I agree. Well, I agree. All right, um, on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. By the way, people are – this is funny to me. Oh, I blocked Daryl. I, I I was wondering why I hadn't seen any tweets from Daryl for a long time. I had blocked him. Sorry, Daryl. You're un, unblocked? You're unblocked now, dude. Um, I had po- I had posted that video two years ago, right, where the crowd was going wild. And because I was standing at the injury tent, I didn't have the best view of the end zone. So this year I just took a video – of like the crowd reacting to Nick Anderson's touchdown after he caught it. I don't do that a lot. I don't do that a lot. Someone had replied to that video in 2021, and it was Daryl. And literally just moments ago, someone replied to Daryl from two years ago. Isn't that so weird? Like, how, what, what, Black, what are we doing there at Prince Hamilton 9? <laughs> how did that pop back up in your feed? <laughs> um. Best play of the Cotton Bowl, writes Ronnie off Twitter, is DG throwing that bad snap away to save a huge loss on a possession. And Jim writes, Plank, you just mentioned Jackson Arnold begins next year, but someone mentioned DG has a year six available. Would he come back? Great win Saturday. Appreciate the radio broadcast. I have started syncing with the video. Much better. I I need to get in the business of doing that. I just am always on the move on game day. So it's yeah, just... it's tough. And it's, it's an art. It's a skill. But I would say, I think they've made it pretty clear that, listen, and I think Dylan Gabriel's made it pretty clear that he's, I mean, if you listen to this show, you know that there is a chance he's going to get a, he's going to get a senior bowl invite. And there's already a team that's like, this dude would be perfect for us. And so, so I, I think that Dylan Gabriel's ready for that next step. But even if he wanted to come back, I think Oklahoma's made it clear where we got Jackson Arnold, and I think he knows that too. So I, I don't even know if that's worth a conversation, Jim, but it's a, it's a very, very fair question. The way things are going for him right now, and this is – like let's play the game that he He's wanted. He's a Heisman Trophy candidate, right? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, okay, Let, Let's play the game that – he wanted to come back, right? Or mentally, this summer was, okay, I got another year if things don't go according to plan. His stock, the way this season is going, <laughs> is not going to be ever right. higher than it would be at the end of this season. I mean, he's, he's playing great. He's clearly, this is the best football he's played at Oklahoma. And right. Probably, given the fact that he's playing at OU, it's the best football he's played in his college career. So, his stock won't ever get higher. The time to go will be now after this season whether or not you know he wanted to or thought about coming back the the choice is going to get taken out of his hands because there's not going to be a better time to go than now um this is good from the you, you ready to just roll through these texts now just that rifle hear? through all right um some new some old i try to keep the prep page but just to kind of give you a little behind the scenes like a new text will pop in and it's like ooh, something shiny that's a good one here's one from the 580 
I'm really surprised we didn't see more Anderson and Gibson on Saturday. Anderson's a touchdown machine. Even Thompson with Texas's secondary being their weak spot. The lack of downfield field, uh, the lack of downfield attempts were surprising. Seems like every other game, it's let let's air it out. Great win, silence all the doubters. We are really lucky. Not sure Arnold can have someone to sit behind and learn from the DG. Um, could have someone better, I think, is what he's saying to sit and learn right. from. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's but right now got a great guy to learn from. I, and by, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you either. I was I was kind of surprised that we didn't see more of Anderson and Gibson and a few downfield shots. You know, maybe part of that was they had him dialed up and Dylan tucked and ran with it. I think that happened on a couple of plays to where it was maybe a design shot play, a deep shot, and – Kind of broke down, and it's like, I've got 10 yards. I'm going to take this 10, 15 yards right here. And not that Gabriel was just under a ton of duress all day, but a couple of plays, right? I mean, you got to right. feel the pressure. you got to get that football out quick, and uh, all of a sudden you don't feel like you have time to, to let something develop. Loco, Ohio. Right, so now that we're a top-five team, y'all think we can actually get prime time for UCF? Story writes itself. Heisman candidate faces off against former team. That's a primetime story, in my opinion. So, yeah, OU might be a primetime ticket the rest of the way. That's what I was going to say. Either that or a big noon kick ticket the rest of the way. That KU game has a chance to be – I think that KU. I think that KU game is going to have me driving up game day. I think that's going to be prime time. Uh, that's just my guess. But I started to look ahead to week eight because I love playing this game, Loco Ohio. And it's like, all right, which game is going to be the early game? Well, I I don't think there is any way that a game other than Ohio State and Penn State is going to be the big noon kick, right? If if Fox is all in on the Big Ten. And that's where all their coin is going. I just can't think of any other game that's bigger than that. But listen to these games next week. Okay? This is not this coming weekend. This is OU's next game when you're trying to think of start times. UCF, Oklahoma, no start time yet. But, Josh, Penn State, Ohio State. Duke, Florida State is two top 20 teams. Okay. Washington State and Oregon. You've got Utah and USC – and you've got Tennessee and Alabama. Oh, by the way, Clemson is going to Miami that weekend as well. So Yeah, that's a nice little tasty slate of games. That, that to me, reeks of like a 2.30 start, right? For OU-UCF. For OU-UCF. Yeah. And then you were mentioning Oklahoma-Kansas. Bro, there is absolutely nothing else that weekend. Outside of Tennessee, Kentucky. Well, Georgia and Florida play that weekend, but Florida is now a 4-2 and two football team. So I don't and know. that's sort of CBS afternoon. Right. That's got 2.30 CBS written all over yeah. it. Yeah. When is the last time, uh, and maybe it's like two weeks ago, but when is, uh, when is the last time KU played a big primetime conference game? I don't know. It's a good question. I still hope they have the best parking for visitors. I mean, you literally get to park right by the field. I hope that's still the case. <laughs> but now if in Kansas, let's – I mean, again, we're looking ahead two weeks, and Kansas has its bye this week. No, no they got it. They got, they, got, they got their bye after the following this week. week. Thank you. They go they got, to Oklahoma State. Yeah, they got their bye the week that Oklahoma's playing UCF. But they do have Oklahoma State this weekend. 
So in, in the what's the future schedule look like, that's that's the that's the game that I'm kind of thinking about. All right. Does that catapult UCF and Oklahoma into primetime next weekend? Maybe, but there's a lot of really good games that weekend. Let's keep in mind, UCF just got housed by Kansas. I mean, that game that game was over in the third quarter. Uh, the Sooner Andy. I don't know what's more off awesome. Number one, goal line stand. Number two, Final drive and a win are number three. My wife texting the show with a great take and then having it read on the air. Still conflicted on the three. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, oh, you optimist. Great point. He goes, who wouldn't pay for a Dylan Gabriel to transfer to your school for his sixth year? BG would pay DG. Bama would pay DG a million dollars to transfer. Oh, man. Yeah, they'd, they'd love to have him. 405 writes. Though Milrow, right, is improving. He's getting better. I, it's always funny, man. I When I got to my car, my car's like doing this thing where it's not wanting to start right now. So I got to kind of talk to it a little bit. It's like, come on, baby. Just one more time. Let's get you get this thing started. And I promised I'll go get your battery changed. I promise. <laughs> and then it starts. And I'm, like, this one. and I'm like, oh, look, it started. All right. You better start again. But I'm sitting there having that talk, and so I'm just kind of scrolling through Twitter while I am, and everybody's like, gosh, Bama's offense is disgusting. This is terrible. This is, And I look at the score. It's like 17 to 17. I'm like, it's, it's, what, what are you even talking about? Settle in, down. In a tough environment. Yeah. It's a good like, defensive doing? team. Um, Southwest Missouri State Sooner writes, or Southwest Missouri Sooner. Yes, Lawrence still has parking right next to the field. Paid twenty five bucks to their ROC uh, ROTC to park for the crotch grab game. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> Spence adults, the goal line stand was erotic. What about that? Eight one seven. There was a, a lot of that type of commentary. Boy, it made people feel some kind of way. Boy, Trey, buddy, it's it's okay. Trey is the ultimate DG hater. Yeah, right. if, you, if you want to be upset with me picking Texas. I, I do not want to talk to Trey. <laughs> DG played good Saturday. There's no reason for him to stay. We have something better behind him. I'm like, we hope. Trey. Smell the roses, buddy. It's okay, bud. It's okay. Oklahoma won the game, and Dylan Gabriel played well. You can embrace it and accept it. It's going to be fine. And, and he left a little out there. The fourth down throw was not good. <laughs> He did. It but, was a bad throw, but in the same vein, it's – I mean, got to give the guy credit. You have to. It's its hard. I don't disagree with you. Throw to Walker was not good. Jackson Arnold's going to be great. I hope. But you got to, in that moment, stop for just a brief second and say, dude was legit on Saturday. Yeah, to stand in and deliver the touchdown to Nick Anderson and to orchestrate that drive is not some small thing. That's very good, Mark, from Edmund. Very good. Uh, Ace Ventura, when my car starts, it's alive. The 405 here. Oh, my gosh, it's 1038. Let me read this one quickly. Any idea when ESPN will replay the game? Unfortunately, I'm a Dish customer for now. And I had to use an antenna to watch the game Saturday and couldn't record it. Hashtag Dark Ages. I love the uh, ingenuity, though, to to go. I mean, you're not missing the game, so. I'll tell you what. Uh, 
a friend of mine works at Dish Network, and I think she kind of had that realization on Friday afternoon that's like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> Dish and ABC are in a bit of a dispute right now. <laughs> uh, is the game going to get played? I don't know. All right, well, will they be able to see the game? And they find a way to do it. Here's the funniest part. I was talking to my man Joel last night, the mayor of Washington. And Joel said, hey, I didn't get to watch all the game, but I followed along, so I'm DVRing it tonight so I can rewatch it when I get home. I'm like, that's awesome, bud. What channel is it on? It's on the Longhorn Network. And I was like, oh, okay. Do you know what the Longhorn Network replayed instead last night? The Texas-Kansas game from two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Swap the programming. Sorry, Joel. I expect an in-depth breakdown of that Texas-Kansas game from you on Wednesday night. Cue up that 49 to nothing game I mean, because uh, yeah, I can't I, celebrate this one. I and, I and I guess that's a Longhorn Network thing where on Sunday nights they replay the game before, but if Texas loses, they ain't going to replay it. <laughs> so you got Texas-Kansas got re-aired last night. Boy, uh, Texas fans got a lot of excuses, huh? Oh, gosh. Like, Do you want to get into that next? Could, couldn't possibly be that Oklahoma's improved and went and won the game and earned it. It's It's got to be everything Texas did wrong. Right. Josh from Car Equipment writes, hey, fellas, quick question. Where did that offense come from? Real man, Josh from Car Equipment. Absolutely. Great question. Because there were times during the game we're like, what's going on here? Are we in trouble? And then there's moments like we are going through them like a knife through butter. We'll dive into it next right here on The Ref. All right, let's get True in here on The Ref. What's going on, True Sooner? How are you, bud? How's it going, man? Doing good. Just enjoying the day. Kind of a so, nice Monday, if you will. It's a great Monday. Uh, so I was at the game Saturday, and I was at the 84, the two, the two goal line stands in 84, uh, the Texas goal line stand. And the uh, and the, the uh, Nebraska one, and this one, man, I don't know how I, I never thought that it would trump that, you know. And and I think the fact they had so many shots inside the one, you know, and the way offenses are today, you got to take that into consideration. Uh, it's just unbelievable that they were able to get four stops in there. Well, and where Oklahoma has been defensively exactly. for, and I know that what, which year was it? Plank that they had the number one scoring defense was it 15 yeah, in the Big so. 12 but yeah. uh, you know that, that's that been the aberration right for Oklahoma defensively over the last 10 and change so given where Oklahoma's been it was that was therapeutic to Oklahoma well, fans well the 84 team had Bosworth and Ryan Hall and uh, Tony Casillas and I don't know if this team has those guys or not I don't I don't they got Stutzman I'll have- tell you that yeah, yeah. But, I mean, for the fact that they, you know, that team was getting good quick also, it is kind of crazy that all the similarities to the 2000 team so far, we'll see what happens the last seven, eight games. But it is it is weird, all the similarities from – but, hey, anybody that's griping about DG right now, they would have hated Josh Heupel. <laughs> because, because this guy is Josh Heupel 2.0. He knows – he has the same mentality. He's more talented. And I love Josh Heupel. I mean, he's he's in my top three, Steve Davis, all those guys. But this guy is more talented than Josh Heupel, I think. And I think that he's got the same mentality 
you know. And so, I anyway, yeah, coming away from that game, it was so sweet. It was worth the whole – everything we had to fight through, uh, just, uh, just, just incredible, man. I don't know um, – I guess Kansas is the one that's looming. Um, sure. Central Central Florida. BYU. Yep. Yeah. BYU is going to be tough, so there's still some tough games on there. At Oklahoma I mean, State just, for Bedlam. I know they're down, yeah. but, I mean, look, it's Bedlam. And on the road, they played better versus Kansas State. Signs of life there. Sure. Sure, yeah. and it's always I mean, a tough was, game. This was a game for the ages, for sure, for me anyway. I've been going to them since 1980. And this was definitely in my top three for sure. Just, Do you know what's funny? Right up there. I appreciate your phone call, True. See you, man. I'm- Do you know what's funny, Josh? I I know I've been doing sports radio for a minute, and I wasn't nearly. I mean, I wasn't even a, a tenth, a one one millionth, as close to the program in two thousand than I am now. But I distinctly distinctly Josh distinctly remember as that 2000 season was heading down the stretch and Josh Heupel was dealing with like a bursa sack injury on his elbow uh, and he just it there were so many people that had the mindset well you just wait until we get I think it was Nate Hibble at the time in there he's more athletic he's a higher rated quarterback this offense is truly gonna hum when he gets there. And I think sometimes we, Trey, get so caught up in what's next. You don't really allow yourself to immerse in that moment and say, I don't care what it looks like from an NFL perspective or from a recruiting perspective. This is working pretty well right now. Mm -hmm. This is fun. It's okay. Don't be afraid to let them say nice things about you. Charles Woodson once infamously said about the Raiders. How many uh, how many quarterbacks have led a late game game winning drive in the Cotton Bowl in that scenario? Like that? Not many. I mean, you start looking at the handful of dudes. There's probably been plenty plenty of opportunities too. Right? Baker did it. I mean, think about the names that did it. Right? Baker did it. Kyler nearly did it. Kyler nearly did it. Brought him all the way back, but Dicker the kicker got us. It's pretty wild, man. Pretty wild. All right, your texts are next right here on The Ref. Margaret asked a good question on Twitter. She said, did you see Sankey's comments that the game atmosphere is consistent with what they experience on a weekly basis in the SEC? Kind of a put down on us. Now, you know what? I disagree. I think it's a magnification of where we're going, right? That's what's expected week to week in that league. Now, not a lot of... Not a lot of those games are split 50-50, but I don't think it was a put-down. And I think that was maybe a little out of context. I, I don't think it was meant to be right. a put-down, but I can understand where they're coming from. It does oh, sound course. a little bit like a – like, are you kidding me? Stop it. That's not week-to-week week in the SEC. That's like Florida-Georgia, sure. Right. It's like Alabama-Auburn. It's a great rivalry, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. one of the best. It's Tennessee-Alabama, you name it. But not every game in the SEC is that. Might I show you, uh, I don't know, Ole Miss Vanderbilt or, with all due respect to what Mark Stoops is doing, Kentucky versus you name it is not as great. So, no, that's not week to week uh, in the SEC. Uh, Here's the full quote. I think it's consistent with what we experience on a weekly basis in the SEC, the intensity Walking in, hearing the fans actually being friendly towards each other, but clearly rivals is something familiar. 
I'm really excited because there's this almost seamless integration that's nearly upon us with moving 14 to 16. Now, you also have to remember, he's got to be careful, right? He can't come in there and be like, this is amazeballs. This is unlike anything we've got outside of, of course, Auburn, Alabama. But other than that, this is unlike anything we've got. I'm a fan of college football, so I've wanted to be here after the announcement in 2021. I remember that last year at this time, we were still making preparations for a 2025 season entry that changed. So this is the last opportunity for this to not be an SEC game. You know, to his point, it is a lot like Arkansas Ole Miss, isn't it? (laughs) It's just like that Mississippi State showdown with Alabama a couple weeks ago. (laughs) What what did someone say the other day? Oklahoma and Texas carrying two conferences right now. (laughs) Georgia Georgia kind of had its statement win Saturday. They kind of put... They kind of put Kentucky in a body bag, unfortunately. Yeah, they're still really, really good. It's kind of like maybe been a little bit disinterested at times. Boy, Saturday night, Saturday night, Notre Dame USC suddenly gets very interesting, does it not? Notre Dame kind of sucks. USC not very good defensively. Yeah, Notre Dame's definitely not uh, been all that in a bag of potatoes. Caleb's chips. getting a little bit antsy. Anyway, we're not doing that today. This is an OU show. Poor it's Caleb Williams. He has to sit up there and act like the defense is good. Poor guy. Just think. We've been did there, you, Caleb. We know you're paying, buddy. Did you see him tweet about the Red River rivalry on Friday? He tossed a, uh, yeah, tossed the little, Instagram post out. That was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool, too. Well, and my man's probably missing OU. We're, we're just fine how we're, we're fine, doing. Bud. We're good. But, I mean, could, can you imagine? Could have used you last year. Could have used you last year. All right, quick break. When we come back, the top five takeaways we had from Saturday.